This podcast is an offering of the Acts 8 moment, proclaiming resurrection in the Episcopal Church. I'm Holly Powell, and I'm here again from the exhibit hall today, and I'm very excited to be talking to, to uh, two lovely people who help, are working with the, the Integrity Group to plan the traditional Integrity Eucharist. So um, would you guys introduce yourselves? Sure. Um, I'm uh, Randy Kimmler, and I'm from the Diocese of Los Angeles. I'm Michael Sniffen from the Diocese of Long Island. Wonderful. So, um, first of all, lay people, or I see you're wearing a collar, Michael. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Michael's a priest, and I'm a lay person. Okay, yes. cool. But Randy's um, a canon, so he outranks me. Oh, you're a canon. <laughs> I, I do outrank him. I always let Michael know that I do outrank him. Yes. I love it. I love I it. I can wear purple, and he can. <laughs> well, uh, I... I'm a layperson, and and our uh, my co-host is also a layperson. So it's always fun to uh, to talk liturgy with people in different you know orders. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about the Integrity Eucharist. Well, it, the Integrity Eucharist is, is a, has a long, long story. It, uh, it first began as a as a, a, a to to pray over a, a huge disappointment at General Convention, maybe what. 20 years ago? 20 years ago. And so a few people gathered together and had Eucharist in a, in a hotel room. And uh, my understanding, I wasn't there, mm-hmm. but my understanding was the respo- response to others who found out about it, why didn't you invite me? I would love to have come and shared with, with you uh, this this moment. So that was sort of the spawning of, it, of, uh-huh. of the integral Eucharist. Uh, and then it went to, it, it happened in, in congregations that were close mm-hmm. to where convention was. Um, and through the years, it's got kind of bigger and bigger and bigger. So. Just as a uh, side note for folks who may not even be aware of what integrity is, can somebody give us a little history of what integrity is all about? Sure. Integrity USA is um, a nationwide uh, group of Episcopalians. Um, who have been working particularly legislatively um, for the full participation of all the baptized in all the sacraments. So around issues of um, LGBT folks being ordained, um, having rights first for blessings mm-hmm. and now having rights uh, for sacramental marriage. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's been it's been a very, very strong organization in the Episcopal Church, which has been responsible for uh, instigating a lot of, of change and a lot of liberative change Absolutely. Uh, in the Episcopal Church. Yeah. Integrity yeah. has become its own. It's gone from countercultural to its own institution almost in a lot of ways. But 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 it's constantly challenged. Sure. It's, it's, it's an institution that's challenged. The, uh, the last huge challenge for it was, was trans. Mm-hmm. You know, um, which it embraced and celebrated at the uh, Integrity Eucharist in Indianapolis three years ago. Mm-hmm. That was the focus of that Eucharist itself, was on, on the gifts, the gifts of inclusion of, of all of God's children. Absolutely, right. Yes, right. right. Focusing on trans people. Yes. Cool. Uh, so, you all have been involved in planning the service. Is that correct? Uh, the last three have been us. Okay. Okay. So, tell me a little bit about how do you how do you start that process? Is it a do you have a template that you go by or? The first one that I, uh, in Anaheim that I was involved, I, I wanted to break away from, it was pretty much like one of a church service, mm-hmm. you know? And so in the, so even though, I, uh, and I think it was the first time we ever did it outside of a church. Mm. So we're gonna-, we're gonna Yeah, that a, was the first one that yeah, was in a convention in hall. In a convention oh, hall, cool. okay. right? And so the challenges were not only, 
not only what we, how we did it, but how it worked. Mm -hmm. You know, so how do you create a, uh, a silk purse out of a sow's ear? Right? <laughs> yeah. So, um, so it was a double duty. Mm -hmm. uh, one, one to create a, 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 a sacred space, mm -hmm. uh, and the other to create um, a Eucharist that did not mimic being in church. Right. You know, because so, it wasn't. Mm -hmm. You know, it was not. It was not in church. It was in. It was a different kind of way of of engaging in in, in uh, the Eucharistic uh, experience mm -hmm. uh, together. So we moved things around a bit. You know, yeah. yeah. Um, at the piece at the very end, and, um, what lessons really are. You know. Mm -hmm. So and we, we were able to experiment. Yeah. Uh, and use alternative things. Mm -hmm. uh, music, words, um, texts. And I think the biggest thing that we wanted to do too, that I remember was important, at least for me, was that the fullness of, of who we are uh, as, as human beings is is um, celebrated. So there was smoke and there was opportunity to touch. Uh -huh. You know, the, 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 uh, the sacred scriptures were carried around and people could touch the scriptures as they went by and, um, and there was water and there was flowing water on people. And, mm -hmm. and so... So it was taste and touch and, and sight and sound and, and and prayer. It was all kind of open. An immersive experience. Yeah. yeah. As much as we could do. Sure. I mean, you know. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Fantastic. Yeah, there was, I think, a real sense of wanting to engage the senses, have it be a multi-sensory experience, yeah. and also have it not just... Um, feel like your your principal Eucharist in your home parish church, but mm -hmm. to feel like it is clearly uh, takes the shape of the Eucharistic worship life of the Episcopal Church, mm -hmm. but the prayers are different, they are more expansive than what would normally be used Sunday by Sunday in the vast majority of Episcopal churches. For many people, um, that has been a part of what has really moved them about the Integrity Eucharist is um, it feels at once very traditional mm -hmm. and also um, really opening to a new experience in a way that many people don't get at home. Yeah, yeah I would say so. Yeah, I mean, I, I've experienced people crying because of just hearing words they never thought they would hear, mm -hmm. you know, uh, that included them. Sure. Yeah. Uh, we recently did an interview with a, a member of Trans-Episcopal, Andy Lee, uh, and, and they were talking about the importance of inclusive language in... Which is sadly missing with this convention. <laughs> so, what do you see as, a, as the future of the Integrity Eucharist? Do you see... That's, well, a great, that's, that's, a, that's a great, that's a great question. question. So I think that integrity is wondering itself institutionally what its future is mm -hmm. at this point. Mm -hmm. uh, and it may be that its time is, it has completed its mission. Oh, wow. Which I don't is, know about which that. Really cool, which is really a cool thing. <laughs> sure. Well, you know, I mean, maybe something else will arise in its place, uh -huh. or maybe it will be challenged to expand in a different way. Mm -hmm. But as it is now, what, you want to go on with that? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, part of the, the purpose that having the Integrity Eucharist has served is to bring people together from across the whole church who have all been working on these issues of mm -hmm. inclusion very intensely and in, in very costly ways, sure. uh, uh, many of them. And I think uh, we're really waiting to see what will happen at this general convention mm -hmm. in terms of the availability of sacramental uh, rights of marriage 
um, potential prayer book changes, all of that. There, there may well be more work to be done than we think there is to yes. be done at this point. Um, but I don't know what the future of this particular service is. I mean, we very much, in the in the planning of it for this year, have seen it as an opportunity to celebrate all the great strides that have been made over the last forty years, mm-hmm. and to leave the future very open. And um, I mean, I think since you're a podcast about liturgy, um, your listeners will be interested uh, to hear that um, there are some pretty innovative things happening in the liturgy. Um, there are two presiders. Oh, and really? okay. it's not it's not a traditional concelebration no. with one presider and um, as I often say another priest sort of holding their paws out at the altar. <laughs> it's it's truly a, a, a dialogical presidership. Mm. So the Eucharistic prayer begins at the very beginning of the liturgy and these these two presiders um, move the service forward in dialogue throughout the whole service. Oh, cool. Uh, it's a, a bishop. It's going to be Mark Andrus, the Bishop of California, uh, and Kimberly Jackson, a priest uh, from the Diocese of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So that, I think, will be very new and, and interesting uh-huh. to people. And we'll see how it works. Yeah. I don't think it's ever been done on this no, scale. No, I have, and I have had friends roll their eyes when I've told them what Absolutely. we're doing. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, and, really? and we may have even rolled our eyes ourselves at certain points in the planning process. But, um, you know, Randy and I and our third, the third of our team yeah, is uh, Dent Davidson okay. from uh, Diocese of Chicago. He's one of the best uh, musicians in the Episcopal Church, as far as I'm concerned, and one of Ditto. the best liturgical minds. Yes. And so we've worked on it together. Mm-hmm. Two people who have a passion for liturgy and one who has extraordinary musical knowledge in addition to a passion for liturgy. So it's been a really collaborative process, mm-hmm. and I think that collaboration shows in the way that the service is officiated itself. Yeah. This idea of dialogical presidership, lots of musical leadership, and the inclusion of many voices. That's really really cool. I'm we've looking also, forward to seeing it. Yeah, we've also thought very carefully about who are inhabiting the liturgical roles. Mm-hmm. So it's not just creating a liturgy on paper, right. but really having an eye and an ear and a spirit for who in the church should inhabit these roles in this important moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like most of the uh, almost all the, all of the roles of honor uh, three years ago were trans people. Oh, cool. You know, mm-hmm. And, and um, Again, with 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 uh, convention Eucharist or ballroom Eucharist, you know, there's not really a procession coming in uh-huh. because that's like, hey, what is that all about? Right. You know? yeah. But we do have a gospel time to pursue. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of things. But so last three years ago, uh, we invited all trans people to come up and form like an honor guard as the um, altar party entered. Oh. You mm-hmm. know, and it was amazing how many were there and how many felt were so moved to be asked to be in a position of, 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 of we were celebrating them. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's sort of what yeah. it was. It was, it was amazing. It yeah, was and this is very, around. very touching and made me cry. I, I got goosebumps <laughs> just now when you said that. Yeah, yeah. As part of this service, we're we're celebrating a lot the, um, the sacrifices that many people have made within this movement. And, you know, the planning team is... Um, is made up of uh, two gay men and a straight ally. Yep. Uh-huh. Um, the, the the team that you will see on on the platform, you know, the the traditional chancel is made up of um, every person that we would wish to include, and we'll also have at the front lots of past president presidents of integrity and other others who have really given themselves over to the work of inclusion. So cool. uh, that's a big part of what we're yeah. we're about, and particularly honoring the founder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Now, are there any parts of, of the traditional liturgy of the word and, and of the Eucharist that are sacred that you that you don't experiment with during the course of the well there's there's certain rules for for Eucharist mm-hmm. you know that um, there's the invocation of the spirit there's I mean, there's certain pieces that make it Eucharist mm-hmm. but that's all yeah that's all we, we honor all those things that make it you know, we don't want to change our first century um, idea <laughs> right. that we've used for so long. <laughs> it so, seems to be working so not, for us. <laughs> it works for us. So we're not going to do that. Uh-huh. We're not. No, no, totally. Yeah, I mean, the fourfold shape of the Eucharist will be completely evident yes. uh, mm-hmm. in the liturgy. Um, the biblical yeah, translation that we've chosen to use is the inclusive Bible. Mm-hmm. So it'll be very familiar passages, but some slightly different language that we hope will be expansive, that will open people's mm-hmm. ears uh, mm-hmm. to these texts afresh. Sure, um, sure. And uh, the prayers of the people are really, really wonderful prayers, uh, which have been adapted by uh, Cameron Partridge, who's been involved in, in Integrity and Transepiscopal, um, as well as the Eucharistic prayer itself, which is something that um, had been used at EDS, but we've adapted it uh, differently. So uh, really everything that you will see and pray in the liturgy has been the result of collaboration. It's no one person's vision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes that can be disastrous. <laughs> but we right. think that that will not be the case <laughs> this well, time around. You know, like I said, I haven't been to the Integrity Eucharist before, but I've heard nothing but just raves about, you know, many people have said to me it's the highlight of their general convention experience every time. So um, I, I have no doubt that you guys are good at collaborating as opposed to some of the alternatives. <laughs> and I think because we're celebrating, uh, you know, the movement in the church that we are celebrating mm-hmm. towards deeper inclusion, and we're here at a time that the Supreme Court has ruled mm-hmm. um, in favor of marriage across the whole country, I think right. it will be a particularly celebratory Joyous. moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, part of the challenge of general convention is uh, things get uh, pretty well tacked down in terms of the official worship services mm-hmm. of the convention. So this is a moment where uh, we say, no no holds barred. Yeah. We are celebrating 40 years of mm-hmm. forward momentum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and I just not thought about this, but it's interesting that the, 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 what fueled the first Integrity Eucharist, which was profound disappointment and sorrow, mm-hmm. uh, Results in this, which is profound uh, celebration and excitement and, uh, and inclusion. So I mean, it's like that's that's a cool thing, isn't yeah, it? That's I mean, a, that's a very nice trajectory. It is a nice trajectory. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And more to be done. We always exactly, more to be done. <laughs> exactly. But it's, she's not done with us yet. <laughs> no, no. But um, you know, I I work for a nonprofit in my day job, and and I always say the greatest thing would be to be able to work ourselves out of a job because there's no more poverty and there's no more hunger and things are, you know, it would be wonderful if we didn't need integrity anymore. And I think that you guys are just doing a really great work here. Well, thank you very much. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Thanks so much for talking with us. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So if, um, can you let people know those of us who are listening to the podcast, um, in advance of the Eucharist, tell people where to go and sure. The integrity Eucharist this time for the first, for the first time, time, the first time ever is in the official general convention worship space mm-hmm. so where people have been working worshiping on, on uh, the mornings Daily. at 9 30 yeah. and it is monday june 29th at 8 15 p.m okay uh, and come early to get a good seat okay and um for those folks who are not 
in attendance in Salt Lake City. How can our listeners find out more about Integrity? Um, I, I, I believe uh, they can go to the website, um, integrityusa.org. Yes. Um, the, the Eucharist is also uh, being videotaped, and we'll also, I think, make a PDF of the liturgy available online through Integrity's website if people are interested. Absolutely. In oh, that's cool. That yeah, use. that'll be really great. Uh, well, thank you both so much for uh, talking to yeah, me. Holly, thank you so much. This is really fun. Yes. Um, and um, that's it for this episode of The Call It Call. And we'll be back at you tomorrow with some more fun and exciting interviews. Let our mortal flesh keep silence And with fear and trembling stand Ponder nothing earthly-minded For with blessing in His hand Christ our God to earth descend